0: Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Welcome to a sermon podcast from Salem Lutheran Church. For more information, please stay tuned at the end of the sermon. Our first lesson for this fourth Sunday of Easter This Good Shepherd Sunday is found recorded in the book of Acts, chapter 13, beginning at the 15th verse. After the reading of the law and the prophets, the leaders of the synagogue sent a message to them, saying, Gentlemen, brothers, if you have a word of encouragement for the people, say it. Then Paul stood up, motioned with his hand, and said, Gentlemen, brothers, sons of Abraham's family, And those among you who fear God, this message of salvation has been sent to you. The people of Jerusalem and their rulers did not recognize him, and by condemning him they fulfilled the statements of the prophets that are read every Sabbath. Though they found no grounds for a death sentence, they asked Pilate to have him executed. When they carried out everything that was written about him, they took him down from the cross and laid him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead, and for many days he was seen by those who had come up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem. These same individuals are now his witnesses to the people. We are preaching to you the good news about the promise that was made to our fathers. God has fulfilled this promise for us, their children, by raising up Jesus. As it is written in the second psalm, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. This is the word of the Lord. Our second lesson, and also the basis for our sermon this morning, is found recorded in the book of Revelation, chapter 7, beginning at verse 9. After these things I looked, and there was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language standing in front of the throne and of the Lamb, clothed with white robes and with palm branches in their hands. They called out with a loud voice and said, Salvation comes from our God, who sits on the throne and from the Lamb. All the angels stood around, the elders and the four living creatures. They fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and might belong to our God forever and ever. Amen. One of the elders spoke to me and said, these people dressed in white robes, who are they and where did they come from? And I answered him, sir, you know. And he said to me, these are the ones who are coming out of the great tribulation They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Because of this, they are in front of the throne of God, and they serve him day and night in his temple. He who sits on the throne will spread his tent over them. They will never be hungry or thirsty ever again. The sun will never beat upon them, nor will any scorching heat. For the Lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. This is the word of the Lord. We read from the Gospel of John, chapter 10, beginning at the 22nd verse. Then the festival of dedication took place in Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple area in Solomon's colonnade. So the Jews gathered around Jesus, asking, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I did tell you, but you do not believe. The works I am doing in my Father's name testify about me, but you do not believe, because you are not my sheep, as I said to you. My sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. This is the Gospel. Grace and peace to you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for consideration is found recorded In the book of Revelation, chapter 7, beginning at verse 9, I'd like to read these words once more. After these things I looked, and there was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing in front of the throne and of the Lamb, clothed with white robes and with palm branches in their hands. They called out with a loud voice and said, Salvation comes from our God who sits on the throne and from the Lamb. All the angels stood around the throne, the elders and the the four living creatures. They fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and might belong to our God forever and ever. Amen. One of the elders spoke to me and said, These people dressed in white robes, who are they, and where did they come from? And I answered him, Sir, you know. And he said to me, These are the ones who are coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Because of this they are in front of the throne of God, and they serve him day and night in his temple. He who sits on the throne will spread his tent over them. They will never be hungry or thirsty ever again. The sun will never beat upon them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water, and God will wipe every tear from their eyes. This is the word of the Lord. Now, as you've heard these words, keep in mind that this is highly symbolical language. And think of it like a parable, which is what it really is. So it's an earthly story with a heavenly meaning, using earthly words to describe something that is truly out of this world. And so many of the picture languages will overlap each other. But we take the words always to heart, knowing that this is God's word. And with that, I ask the question, Can a person be both a lamb and a shepherd? Well, that's pure silliness. Why would you even bring it up? A lamb is an animal. A shepherd is a human being. A shepherd cannot be a lamb. A lamb cannot be a shepherd. Even if the lamb identifies as a shepherd, he can not be a shepherd. Or if the shepherd identifies as a lamb, that doesn't make him a lamb. You cannot be both shepherd and lamb. That's pure foolishness and silliness. From a human perspective and from a worldly understanding, that's true. But not from a biblical one. When it comes to our Savior, that is. For only he could be both lamb and shepherd. And there's nothing silly about that, especially when we understand how that affects us eternally. Now it is the Apostle John who is seeing this vision. And this is actually two chapters later than the words we considered last week in the sermon. And this time, John just got done seeing all the believers on earth, and now he is seeing, and that's what after this means, he's now seeing the believers in heaven. And notice how they're described as those wearing white robes holding palm branches in their hands. Immediately, I think of Palm Sunday, as they laid the palm branches in their cloaks down, giving Jesus the royal treatment. But this is a festive time. Not only are they holding these branches because they're giving all praise to the king of kings, but this is the king who lives and who has risen. These palm branches also mean victory and victory especially for those who are wearing the white robes. These are the believers. These are the elect. These are those whose names are written in the book of life. These in white robes, they're white because white emphasizes purity and holiness. Above all, it emphasizes righteousness. And that righteousness comes from the very Lamb himself, who has taken away the sins of the world. The very lamb who shed his blood, just like the Passover lambs where the blood was put at that tenth plague before Pharaoh released the people of Israel out of Egypt. They would put that that blood on their doorposts and, and around the frame. And when the angel of death saw it, that blood was shed. No death came to that house the very lamb who shed his blood who paid for our sins who won for us the forgiveness of sins now means the angel of death does not bring death to us yes we face death we live in tribulation we live in the valley of the shadow of death but we know so we but we know that even in death there is victory Because our Savior lives, there is life after death. And we rejoice and give thanks. See, they're white, washed clean by the blood of the Savior, which means that through faith in him, the righteousness of Christ is theirs. And it is their very own. For without righteousness, we are stained as sinful human beings, and therefore cannot go to heaven because of the righteousness of Christ that clothes us. God doesn't see a sinful human being who deserves death and hell, but sees one who has been washed clean and forgiven. And therefore the white robe then is the ticket to heaven, and it is ours through faith in Christ alone and all he has done for us. These are the people who wear the white robe. And they come from every nation and tribe and people and language. They come from all over the world because the very Savior was not the Savior just of the Jews. Yes, he was born a Jew, but he was the Savior of the entire world. The Gentiles as well. And that's what John is seeing. People from all over the world saved by the blood of their Savior. And what were they doing? They couldn't help but themselves but to sing, to sing with a loud voice for all to hear because they couldn't keep it to themselves. They said salvation comes from our God who sits on the throne and from the Lamb. Salvation. God gets the credit for it. They didn't brag about all that they had done and all that they had earned and all that they deserved because they were good for goodness' sake. No, they praised the Lord who saved them and gave his life for them and rose again, proving that sin has been paid in full. As Jesus put it, because I live, you too shall live. And they lived to sing and give praise to the God. And what about the other heavenly choir? They couldn't help but sing amen. These were the angels. These were the elders, which we know there's 24 of them, representing both Old Testament and New Testament believers. These were the four living creatures. As we heard last week, these are the ones that are the cherubim and the seraphim, the royal angels that were closest to the throne of God. They all bowed down and worshipped. And they couldn't help but say to these words, salvation comes to our God with the reply, amen. Not that it's just simply true, not that it's simply the truth, but this is the absolute truth. And then comes the beautiful words, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and might. These were almost the exact same words that we heard last week in chapter 5. And then they go on to say to our God forever and ever, amen. The one thing that's different than the choir piece we heard last week was the term our God. Last time they just said to God forever and ever, but this time our God, we belong to him. He belongs to us. He's chosen us. He's called us. The very one who has saved us. There's one more thing I have to point out concerning these and the white robes. As we hear all this praise and glory before the Lord, which he truly, truly deserves, we are told that in the white robes are those coming out of the great tribulation many commentators or many uh, translations actually will translate it they have come out and when you translate it they have come out then you're picturing here or what you believe John is seeing here in this vision is all those that are in heaven after judgment day after the last day of the world but when you put it in the present tense, which is exactly what the original language does, this is the right translation. Now you're picturing people who are coming before that last day. This is an ongoing process. They're still coming in as they, they lead that life of tribulation and, and the fear of death and guilt and, and a life that's cursed by sin. He's seeing them coming in. And this brings me great joy to my heart. Knowing that one day I'll be one of them in Christ Jesus alone. When the Lord chooses to call me out of this life, this tribulation, to rejoice in the glories of heaven. But it also brings me comfort that what John was seeing was all the loved ones who have gone before us. All the loved ones who were brought to faith by the power of the Holy Spirit through that holy word, living in their hearts, always testifying that Jesus is the Lamb. I don't have to live hating God because you took my loved one away from me. I don't have to live holding a grudge against God because I think I know more when it comes to this life. Our loved ones who have gone before us have beat us home. And we rejoice with them as we too give all praise and glory knowing that salvation comes from our God. him only because Jesus is the lamb but he's also the Shepherd yes the lamb is the Shepherd and the Shepherd always had two duties one is he provided for his flock number two is he protected his flock and we hear that exactly here as well we hear that concerning preservation They will never be hungry or thirsty ever, ever again. In heaven, all of our needs will be met, and they will all come from our God. In fact, he will even lead us to springs of living water, where we will enjoy eternal life with our God, who also protects us. The sun will As it says here, the sun will never beat upon them nor any scorching heat. And those who lived out in the desert, they know what the sun is like. It can burn and it can be painful. But to never live with that and to ever have to suffer again, even from the sun itself, which we can't control, which we have no power over, Besides, there will not be a need for a son in heaven. Keep in mind, our Savior, our God, is the light of the world. And he will be the light in heaven itself. In fact, we'll have the ultimate protection. God will even spread his tent over us. We will be living with him. Remember Moses, how he could only see the backside of God's glory? We're going to see him with our own eyes and be living with our Savior. And and living with our Savior means that we're going to do so serving him day and night. And we serve him, carrying out his holy will, rejoicing in all that he has done for us, motivated out of gladness of heart. Because he will wipe every tear away. And is it not true That when it comes to tears, sin is always connected with it, one way or another. I'm talking about the sadness. Death and pain and suffering, all as a result of sin. The thorns and thistles in our lives, all because of sin. If God is going to wipe every tear from our eyes, it's because there's no more sin in heaven. No more fear of death. No more guilt. There's only the paradise of everlasting life and the glories of being with our God. Not just seeing him from a distance, but living with him. My dear friends, do not fall into the trap of thinking that heaven is boring. Or that heaven is just going to be a place where we run around naked singing and playing harps. No, heaven is where we get to live. Truly live. And live with our God who has saved us. But until that day comes, until God calls you from this life to everlasting life in heaven. Serve him. Using the talents and abilities he has given you in growing in his holy word, taking to heart his holy word, knowing that there is nothing greater in all the world than the holy word of God that points to the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world and our good shepherd who provides and protects his flock. Remember, it was Jesus who said, surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. The very Savior who is with us now. And to share that holy name. Because in the glories of heaven, we will with a loud voice singing praise to God. And so with a loud voice, let us proclaim his holy name with everyone we meet. Because it is true, Jesus is the Savior of all. And on this Mother's Day, and yes, I have not forgotten Mother's Day. On this Mother's Day, I can't help but think when I consider these words, what really makes for a great mother. It is not because she thinks she's great. It's not because even her kids will call her great. It's because her savior is so great. And that is what makes us all great, is we've been blessed with salvation that is eternal. All because Jesus is the Lamb and the Good Shepherd. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.